Hi, I'm Jess Coburn, and welcome to another episode of CyberSide Chats. The goal of CyberSide Chats is to provide business owners, CEOs, and leaders information about the latest technologies, the advances in technologies, and how they could leverage it for their own business. Today, we're going to talk about machine learning, and I'm fortunate to have with me my friend Jeff Croft from Curve.ai. Jeff, can you talk a little about Curve and, and machine learning, what you guys do there? Yeah, thanks, Jess. Very happy to be here. My name is Jeff Croft. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Curve. We are a machine learning startup in Seattle, Washington, with the ethos of making machine learning easy. We would like to create tools that will allow machine learning to be adopted across the entire spectrum of businesses, not just in the uh, very upper echelon of enterprises. Now, Jeff, just for those that don't understand, if I wanted to adopt artificial intelligence within my business and machine learning, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is a portion, is a part of artificial intelligence, what would it take for me to do that as a business owner? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So artificial intelligence is a, is a massive sphere of different things. And within that, machine learning is a, a small subsect. But you know, traditionally, if you had wanted to take the advantages of, of deep machine learning or insights into your businesses, you would have to invest possibly a couple million dollars to build the right infrastructure, hire the right team. Data scientists are incredibly expensive and well worth it, frankly, what they can do and the, the knowledge that they have. And hiring those teams or hire outsourcing Sourcing to a company that holds those resources or assets are incredibly expensive. And uh, that's why it's traditionally been at the Googles, the Facebooks, the Microsofts, the Netflix, then more traditionally like CPG brands like a Coke or Pepsi or something like that, that is looking at how can we leverage the most of our data, but they have millions of dollars to spend on custom building, custom creating things exactly to their need. And so there's a huge gap of, hey, if, if you're not a multi-billion dollar international conglomerate, how can you take advantage of those resources? And that's where we, uh, myself and some of the co-founders from Curve thought that that there was a big opportunity and decided to build some tools for those people as well. That's one of the things I really like about Curve is the idea that, you know, we live in this gig economy, the as-a-service economy. Mm -hmm. You can get whatever you need. It's almost like fractional ownership. And with Curve, you have the ability to get some of these data scientists that have worked for those large technology brands, like you mentioned, come and work for your company. And I think that's really a unique value proposition that Curve has that a lot of businesses don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. And even beyond just leveraging our, our, our team of data scientists from you know, the world-class companies. But you know the other thing that we saw is one of the main drivers of expense for machine learning is the amount of time spent on building individual products that are unique to businesses or companies or industries. And we had the belief that if we could build a wide tool set by industry or by use case, we could then take those learnings and those models and apply them to other companies with a similar makeup that want to solve some of the same problems. Their data would be different, so their outputs would be different, but generally the things they're solving for may be the same. And that would drastically drive down the cost to build those and for adoption in those companies. And it's been wonderful to see that that message ring true and to you know kind of open up the power of machine learning to kind of medium-sized, small, even small businesses and the power that that unlocks for them. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses, you know, everyone thinks that they're a unicorn and that they're unique and they're special. And they are special by all means. And to an extent, they are a unicorn. But at the end of the day, the data is the same. You know, a lot of these companies use the same tools, the same tool set. And the nice thing is, is that you're able to leverage that economies of scale, not just by focusing on verticals, but on that data set 
because it's going to be similar across those. So that shortcuts the amount of time it takes to get from A to ROI, right? Yeah, absolutely. When you break down the, you know, most businesses, most of them are attempting to solve for the same KPIs, the same metrics that you use to run your business are not that much different than a lot of other people's. You may have some very specific industry unique ones, and we can build stuff for those, but that's where the real value comes in. And we like to say uh, a little machine learning goes a long way. And I think that there's when people truly, you know, kind of apply their data to machine learning models and see just how powerful they can be is somewhat transformative in the way they run their business. All right. Let's talk about that. So I know a couple industries I'm fond of, you're fond of too. One of them is hospitality. And you guys have adopted hospitality as a vertical that you've looked at early on and really made some great strides there. Can, Can you talk about how that's changed? Yeah. Well, you know, when we first launched uh, about a year ago, we had hospitality as one of our target industries, and we had some very strong use cases, some great early partners that gave us full access to test and be a part of, you know, our alpha. And so we got back the results and they were incredibly strong. And obviously there's hospitality has been one of the most hardest hit industries. And unfortunately, a lot of those small businesses, unique hotels, independent operators have been forced to close their doors. But as they're coming out of this, the economy starts to open back up and people start traveling again, and especially business travel picks back up, how can they look to increase direct bookings? How do they increase how they segment their customers? How can they drive revenue to where they can compete on a large scale with some much larger players in their field? And so, yeah, hospitality was incredibly interesting to us because they spin off a lot of unique data by individual customer. And in our world, the more data and the more unique data you have, the more interesting insights you get. Well, and I think that's important is that a lot of businesses don't realize that the data they have is valuable. Mm-hmm. To go out and obtain that data is extremely expensive, and they already have it sitting there just waiting to be mined. And when you can bring in these data scientists and these machine learning algorithms against that data, magic happens. Now, with hospitality, a lot of people don't realize or aren't familiar with hospitality. They think, hey, I book a hotel room. This is great. I got it on Priceline at an awesome deal. I'm staying, hey, honey, look at this. We're going to Disney World this weekend, and we're staying at a five-star hotel for 100 bucks a night. What they don't realize is that hospitality has been extremely commoditized. That At the end of the day, it's a hotel room. And whether it's a hotel room at one brand or another brand, it's just a hotel room. For the hotels, they really have to work hard to sell their hotel and sell it at a premium. And because of Priceline and Expedia and sites like this, they've been working hard to manage their revenue and drive those bookings locally on their main website. Because when they do that, they don't have to pay a percentage back to these other organizations, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, that is the aggregators, as we call them, like the Pricelines, the Hotels Tonight, the Kayaks. They're wonderful for exposure and increasing the field, but they do take a pretty steep fee around 30% of the booking fee. And so as you look at how do we create a sustainable model for possibly new customers, that's a wonderful way to get them in the door. But now how can you create an environment to where you can retain those customers, create long-term value with those customers, but where that they, you know, you put pull them off of that system and that you have direct bookings and one-on-one relationships with them. And that's what we really looked at is that because that's going to immediately drive profitability for the independent hotel chains and small owner operators is that if they can create a lasting value and individual one-on-one relationships with their current and past customers that they have data on, that'll be much better for them in the long term. So I was trying to think of some scenarios of how they could do that, right? Mm-hmm. How could, as a hotel operator, how could you show value with that direct booking besides just price? What are some of the things you could do as a hotel owner from your data to really show that value and differentiate? 
Yeah. So one of the things that we like to say is that there's like an infinite scale of segmentation, but it does help to look at your entire historical data set of your customers. And you can do that through your hotel management system that you have data on. And how do you bucket them into a, a very high value? Maybe they repeat, maybe you're like a, a summer lodge and you have the same family comes back there every summer. There'd be a very high value customer. And then you would want to create buckets down there so that when you target them for either promotions or maybe you have a, a dedicated dollar amount for your marketing campaign, you're, you're using it on your highest value customers that you want to retain or drive a higher frequency in. But then also uh, recommendations, like the same thing that Netflix uses for product recommendations for the movies you watch could be leveraged with your customers. You know, maybe they want a certain type of room. Maybe they want a certain type of food and beverage already stocked in their room that you may know ahead of time. Maybe they want uh, a certain restaurant and you get them tickets or a reservation to. All of that can be housed and leveraged in a very uh, meaningful way to create very unique relationships with your customers that are going to drive very long-term value and really drive brand loyalty. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about the the data that the hotels would have on me, on you, on any of us, right? And it got me thinking of, well, what kind of information could they mine on me that they could look at our room service bills and, and what we bought? You know, oh, he's buying kids meals. He's got kids. Let's market to him you know, kids opportunities. He spent a lot of time at the pool bar and bought a ton of martinis and, you know, or margaritas or whatever it is. And uh, so we know he likes the pool. Let's market to him about the pool and the spa. You know, he went and used the massage and they had a couple's massage. It was their anniversary. Let's offer him a free couple's massage on their anniversary to come stay at our hotels. Really, when you start thinking about the cases, there's a ton of opportunity there. Yeah. And one of the, we use this most frequently in e-commerce or retail, but it's absolutely applicable here. Traditionally, people create a marketing campaign around a specific thing or product or event and then send it to their entire list with no regard for who that's actually applicable to or not. With some of our tools and just machine learning in general, you can use a model to have an individual product recommendation for every single customer. You could have 50,000 customers in your database. And if you have the amount of data, every single one of them, you can send an individualized email to with a custom campaign. So for you, maybe it's a, hey, uh, martinis are free for the weekend and we have a kid's show for <laughs> or something, something very specific to the data that they have on you. And one that's going to show a thoughtfulness on the organization and the hotel's part that, that they truly understand their customer. But two, I mean, I can't think of how many times I've received an email like that. And if I had, I would say, wow, that they really care about me to understand what I like and want. And that's going to drive in even more brand loyalty. And that's going to help their list. It's going to keep from eroding their marketing list or email list because I'm not getting offers that I'm not interested in and I'm less likely to unsubscribe. That's right. That's absolutely right. So that adds value right there. The other mm -hmm. thing I thought about was that, you know, for a lot of hotels, Wi-Fi is a pain point. Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi seen as the water or the phone. It's something they have to provide that they can't make money off of. And it's something we've worked hard with the hotels that we work with to help them identify ways that they can market that and monetize it, either through, generally it's through, through marketing. You know, it's, it's showing ads when someone logs into the Wi-Fi of specials. It's capturing their contact information, capturing their social media information. Right. And that opens up actually two opportunities. One would be geolocation. I could look at your geolocation based on which Wi-Fi access point around the property that you associated to to see where you spent your time. Now I know 
that you like to spend your time at the pool. You like to spend your time at the tennis courts or you like to spend your time at the pool bar, which is where you usually find me spending my time. And the second is around social media. You know, once you have their social media information, now it opens up the opportunity to market not just to a guest, but to the guest friends. One of my hotel guests posts a picture of our spa or of our hotel, and 50 people liked it. Now I've got 50 people I can go find and market to. And not just market, hey, come stay at my hotel. Hey, come stay at my hotel and use my fantastic spa because I know you like it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You think you're right here on that. When I said that the only thing better than having a lot of data is having really unique data. And every time you add a new variable to what you're collecting around your customer or your client is, is going to drive those unique interactions. Social media is a fabulous one because there's so many different things you can play around with there. Like you touched on the location one's really interesting. The friend network, even like, you know, offering up to your customers a, you know, a free drink or a free incentive if they'll share that and or allow you to share on their profile. And I would say for most in most cases, the lost revenue of a $4 drink is probably valuable for the few hundred or thousand people that are going to interact with that post or the data you're going to collect from that individual customer and, and the network effects of that. So I think there's in short an infinite possibility or infinite possibilities of how you could leverage that. It's getting people thinking that way about their business and kind of thinking about that for the 21st century is and the new way of operating small and medium businesses. And the beauty of it is, is with the technology and the platform the Curve provides, it's available to these small independent operators. It's not just for the large multi-billion dollar organizations anymore, who, correct me if I'm wrong, are probably doing this already today. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it for about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so it's somewhat leveling the playing field of saying, hey, you know, we don't need a million dollars to get started and then spend years learning about how this works. We can have deep conversations with a company like Curve that understands our industry, has already things ready to go, has experience integrating with our systems and tools and knows the right questions to ask. And we can, for a relatively small dollar amount compared to a custom engagement, can get started leveraging your data in a very unique way. And it's a landscape changer for small and medium businesses or even corporate business. You know, <laughs> be surprised how, how, some, how large some of these businesses are that are not leveraging any type of deep, even just analytics in a meaningful way. And that speaks to the power of their business and industry that they can do that. But as the field changes, we want to provide tools to level the playing field against the, the very, very large kind of global monopolies. Which brings us into another vertical, which is e-commerce. E-commerce yeah. took off and it was just phenomenal. Everybody and their brother had a store. Everybody was selling products off at their dot-com. Life was great. And then this mega beast called Amazon moved in and just owns the market now to the point where a lot of vendors have to sell on Amazon, have to give up you know, 20, 30% of their sale price to sell it on Amazon at the lowest price in the hopes that they're able to acquire that customer and bring it back. In a lot of ways, it's very similar to the hotels with Priceline, Expedia, and Leeds. Let's talk about e-commerce for a while because there, there's so much data that you have on the visitor and the shopper. Yeah, and then Amazon did a phenomenal job of kind of opening that door. And then not just to the individual consumer on their choice and driving down price and, and making a competitive marketplace, but then for small businesses. You know, say, you know, 
as you're starting or you want exposure to a larger market, it might be worth 30% of the sale price to get exposure to that many people to have access to, you know, fulfillment by Amazon or direct listing or an Amazon preferred status or AdWords on their platform. It's a very powerful tool. Hopefully you don't do too well and they copy a product and sell an you know, Amazon Basics uh, version of it. And what we've seen is we've worked with a lot of small and medium businesses that sell on Amazon directly, and they use that as their new customer engagement. But then the question becomes, okay, you got a sale from this person. Now, how do you pull them, that customer, off of Amazon onto your site, your Shopify site, your regular website, whatever that is, to create the long-term value there so that you don't have to continue giving up 30% to a customer that's a repeat buyer. And so there's an interesting shift there of using a powerful tool like Amazon as your kind of first interaction, but then to pull that customer off to create a long-term value and much more profitable relationship for, frankly, both in the consumer and the business is where we're seeing a lot of movement because we can take the data from both. The other good thing for us is that, you know, the data is already nice and neat and structured and there's a lot of it. And we can say, hey, like, here are your customer interactions on Amazon. Here are your customer interactions on your Shopify page. Here's how they're similar. Here's how they're different. Here's how you can leverage this data on one versus the other to really help drive that conversion. And so it's in a fascinating space that we're happy we can play a small part in. Yeah, so it's extremely hard for a merchant to get that contact information from Amazon. Amazon realizes a lot of merchants are using it in this way, and they're making it harder and harder. But just as they're making it harder and harder, we're seeing a lot of merchants where they'll they'll do a freebie offer, or they'll do a warranty system, or you know some kind of register your purchase here, and we'll make sure we protect, we give you an extended warranty, we give you our guarantee. And so I've seen a lot of that work really well and move the customers from Amazon to direct. What's really interesting right now with everything around COVID-19, the fact that Amazon was delaying orders and delaying shipments both into Amazon and out, I've seen a large number of e-commerce merchants where their on-site sales have just boomed and skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And that's been really good. And right now is the time that these merchants need to look at that, look at the fact that they've got that information and they can market to them again and keep them from going to Amazon and come direct. So with machine learning, let's talk about that. And how can I keep my shopper coming to me as opposed to Amazon? Yeah, especially with e-commerce, the two biggest ones we see are lifetime value segmentation and then individual product recommendations. You have so much data on your customers in the space and then also the secondary and tertiary effects of what else are they buying in the space. And you can say, hey, I have customers that They've bought these four things from me and they have these certain characteristics. Well, these other group of customers that they share these characteristics, but they have not bought these things. And there could be a bunch of reasons for that. And then so we would want to cross sell or upsell those customers that share those characteristics with very targeted product recommendations. And I mean, that one is the most analogous to a Netflix model of, hey, you've watched this, but everyone who shares your characteristics likes these shows. We think you'll like them too in a light touched way with a, an email or maybe even a text message. I've sort of see that much more frequently of getting a curated text message recommendation of, hey, 10% off on this particular item that happens to be directly targeted at you is a very powerful tool and doesn't seem to be as invasive as you might think. I think the kind of dynamics around that are changing, especially with the younger generation. They don't mind getting a text message from a business that they've already purchased from. 
Yeah, so I, I did a little bit of research on this. And what I found was that there's a ton of stats out there around intelligent product recommendations, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. One side I had found, I, I can't find a reference to it. They had said that that product recommendations on Amazon alone represented about 30% of the revenue from the store in that they were recommending other products. Another one I found said that it results in a 900% increase in conversion rate and on average, a 3% increase in the cart value or the, the initial order value. And I found that really amazing. Some of the stuff I've seen with it is that by providing that personalized messaging, again, it's just like with the hotel. You're not eroding your list. You're providing products that they like, that they're going to be interested in. The social aspect with e-commerce, I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing, right? If you went out and bought a pair of sneakers and I left a comment on your sneakers, if I could mine that information and know that you liked it and I shopped at the same store, you could market to me, not just the sneakers, but you could look at, okay, well, who bought these sneakers? What other items did they buy? Oh, look, they bought these jeans and these shirts. Let's market those to Jess. Because maybe I don't want your sneakers, but I wouldn't mind the shirt and jeans. Yeah, the Facebook and Instagram shop integrations are fascinating to us. We have not publicly launched those yet, but when we look at them, the amount of information you have and how you can target people, where they spend a lot of time. I mean, I think, you know, the last thing I saw was that most Americans are spending, you know, six to seven hours a day on their phone, three to four of that being on social media between Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And with Facebook and Instagram, their data platforms are shared because it's the same company. So it's a very powerful place to have your e-commerce business have a large presence, but also to get new customers. And so it's a, it's a very, very powerful one that we're exploring. And we think we'll have some very good tools for in the, in the near future because it's when you start to look at it as less about individual systems, but a, an ecosystem of platforms that you use. How do you leverage your Amazon data with your Shopify data, your Instagram and Facebook data? data against your maybe your MailChimp marketing data uh, and look at them collectively, it, it paints a very different picture than if you were just pulling maybe some light analytics from one. And that's what we want to do. So I was thinking about another use case for e-commerce, Jeff, and that was around lighting. Let's say that I had a light, an online lighting store and I bought a chandelier. Mm-hmm. Now, traditionally, when you buy one product in one of these stores, the recommended products that you see are based off of tags or manual entries that someone's put in. A lot of people don't mine their data and put those recommendations there. So I'm limited on the coordinating products I could buy. Mm-hmm. But by leveraging machine learning and looking at that chandelier I bought and the colors and the scheme and the setup and, and whatnot, you could actually make recommendations for other lights, maybe wall sconces in my house mm-hmm. you know, that would coordinate with that just based off of that product. Now, what I find interesting is that most of these recommendations are based off of that same manufacturer. So if I bought this chandelier from company A, Chances are you're only going to show me the coordinating products that company A has provided. But by one, mining what other merch, other shoppers have purchased, as well as looking at the image itself and what coordinates with the colors and the materials that the product is made off of. It's just, it opens the world and you're smiling at me like, yeah, Jess, welcome to my world. Yeah, this is, man, this is the, I love, we have these, every time I have a conversation with someone, we have these, like, what we call them light bulb, you know, moment, but it's, it's usually about, 15 minutes into a conversation where like you start talking about all the implications and then people apply it to their individual business and they're like, like, wow. And you know, that's a great use case. I'm thinking about it for my wife who does interior design. And we were talking about this of that. Yeah. If you look at all the other things that are along like a style profile, 
they're pretty similar. Like if you're going to go with this type of light, you're probably going to go with a couple of these maybe options across other lighting fixtures and, you know, ancillary products that there's not a lot of deviation there. And especially with the rise of Instagram and of how people look at curated vignettes of different places within their home, they tend to copy styles a lot. And so if you can get enough data on your customers or on just your industry, really, then you know that someone who may add this light would also want these next 10 fixtures and you can target them specifically with those. It's a very valuable tool that I think that as you create long-term value with a customer, you're showing that you understand their needs and wants and their taste, that you're not sending them something that they would not even consider based on something they've already purchased. I didn't even think about that. You know, you could leverage a service like House. Look at where they've published these rooms that have been decorated. Look at who likes what and how it's trending and pull that information off of what colors are going together, what materials are going together, what products go together, and then market based off of that. That's brilliant. Yeah. But when you're pulling all that information, Jeff, the biggest thing that comes to mind, and it hasn't been as much of a in front of mind this year as it has been the last couple of years, is around privacy. How do you pull all this information and still maintain privacy today. Yeah, this is a cornerstone for us. Myself and the other, you know, the other members of our team, three of us are ex-Microsoft. And so we are ingrained in a privacy trust first that customers' data will never be sold or leveraged in a way outside of that individual's product recommendations or sold to a third party, things like that. So we are a Microsoft for startups back company. We are entirely built on Azure at the moment. But you know, just as a methodology or you know how we think about that, we go above and beyond, you know, a GDPR standard of the, our customer's data will always take precedent over even any unique ways that we think we could leverage it. So I think that, you know, businesses should take that stance as well, because I think you're starting to see a kind of privacy revolution of people starting to understand just how much data companies have on them. And they want to make sure that those companies, you know, have the same data privacy ethics that they would want for themselves. And so we are very proud of kind of how we think about that and the stance that, you know, that we take on data privacy and that it will always be upheld to the highest standards. Jeff, I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you're doing around data privacy. And I really appreciate you coming on to talk about machine learning and artificial intelligence with me. Hopefully business owners, CEOs, and leaders have kind of had that light bulb moment within the last 25 minutes and they want to reach out and talk to you. If they wanted to get in touch with Curve, how do they find Curve? Oh, you can go to our website at curve.ai. We're, we're launching new use cases and models all the time. You can reach out to me directly at jeff at curve.ai. We also have some other contact methods on our website. Or maybe they can even contact you, Jess, and you can pass along my information. Well, I'll be sure to include your information in the show notes on how to contact you. And that's curve, K-U-R-V-V dot A-I. For anyone that doesn't know how to spell curve, that's apparently the right way to spell curve. <laughs> You got to be unique in some way. Yeah, it's 2020, Jeff. We all got our thing, buddy. Hey, I really appreciate it. Before we cut it off, is there anything else you want to mention that we didn't mention? The only thing I would say is if you don't think that, that you're the right fit, I would just question you to, to, to think maybe outside the box. If your business collects data, you probably have enough if you've been in business for over six months to do some very unique things with it. And as long as you don't limit your belief of what you can do with it, there's probably a useful tool that will help you in the future. So just keep an open mind around on what you can do with your data. Fantastic. And I'm not going to have to mortgage the house to hire Curve, right? <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> and that's what I really like is that it's made this technology attainable 
for small and medium-sized businesses. And that's the goal here at CyberSide Chat, is to make sure that you understand technology that's being leveraged by large organizations. It can be leveraged for small and medium organizations too, if you know where to look. Jeff, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And you have a great day, sir. Thanks so much, Jess.